first audition I ever had, they were holding, they hold, they held auditions with casting directors. So they were like, they're holding auditions. And they can't find their guy. It's a, they need a guy that looks like a football player and it's for like the Marines. Uh, they, they, he's like, you should come in and try it. I was like, all right, cool. So I show up and there's all these guys like you'd imagine. Yeah. And everyone, I can hear everyone while I'm in the waiting room screaming and yelling, yeah. like cheering. Like, I don't know. It's really, really. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so awkward. <laughs> so I, I go into the audition room and they, there, there's like eight people there. They're like, okay, what we're going to have you do is you're going to put that helmet on. And you're just going to pretend that, you know, this is before the game. You're trying to get the whole team fired up. You're the captain. All right. Now oh go God. whatever you want to do. And I, I like kind of just blacked out, I think, in that moment, because I like put the helmet <laughs> on. I'm just like, let's go, guys. Let's freaking get it. You know, and I was just like losing my myself in there. And then I was like, OK, thanks. And I left and I almost like threw up oh when I God. went outside because I was like, that was so uncomfortable and embarrassing. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on and share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today I got a special guest. I got Stormbreaker. Welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for Hi. taking the time. I really appreciate, uh, you know, you guys, I know all you content creators are, are busy people and they get an hour, yeah. you know. All right. So on the podcast, we, way we start things off, we start off with three random questions. So are you ready? Yes. All right. So best thing about where you live, being in Ohio. Less traffic than I'm used to. Like the traffic's good. Yeah. Like, it's not annoying. I know that's like a anti, like a, <laughs> a non negative that I just gave instead of a positive, but I came from Atlanta and the traffic was so bad. It's definitely my favorite part of that, um, about where I am now is just the fact that there's n not as bad a traffic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and also I love, I actually enjoy the snow. So it's nice living somewhere where there's some snow every now and yeah. then, you know, like a little bit. Yeah. That's so. what I was, I was going to say is like, are you ready for the four seasons? Uh, this, this last winter wasn't so bad. I mean, I think everyone saw it was a little bit more light, so it kind of like eased me into it. Okay. So yeah. How, how this year goes. <laughs> All right. Second question. At the end of a great day, you're, you're ending with a nightcap. What, what drink are you ending the night with? Um, if, uh, if I'm drinking, uh, I, I enjoy a good bourbon Okay. with, uh, maybe like an old fashioned style, just something very, very light. If I was going to have a drink, yeah, which isn't very often. Um, other than that, it's probably like, which is kind of sad, but I'm like hooked on, um, sparkling water. Okay. But not like LaCroix. LaCroix is really bad. Like, um, like it's like certain flavors of the bubbly brand yep. are really good. And I, uh, I end the night with that a lot nice. of nights too. <laughs> All right. And the third question, last good movie or TV show you watched. Um, one of my like favorites to watch is, uh, billions. Oh yes. I really like billions. Yeah. Um, other than that, I watch a lot of smut, <laughs> a lot of dumb drama, like, uh, like the bachelor. Oh no. Love Island or like really, really like corny. I, I enjoy like, just like, I don't know, turning my brain off and yeah. just like watching cringy drama. Like, I think it's funny. It's so cringe that it's entertaining. To yeah. me. Like, it's like just so bad that I laugh a lot. You know, it's great comedy. Nice. So, yeah, th right. those are my two. There we go. All right. So let's get into this. So where does the name Stormbreaker come from? Let's start there. Uh, well, when I first started uh, streaming, it was back at Mixer freaking almost six years ago now. Wow. And uh, I... I didn't really know what streaming was or anything. And this was around the same time as um, as the first Avengers movie was coming out. Yeah. So I thought it was really funny that uh, 
the Stormbreaker axe was like kind of an interesting idea. And then like like Rocket Raccoon being like, ah, it's a bit much like the name. Yeah, you know, I thought that's kind of funny overkill kind of name. And uh, I've always been into like Marvel Comics and stuff. So I, I tried that name out and it didn't have it wasn't taken. So yeah. I was like, cool. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it kind of just evolved into my own thing. Yeah. Like after a while, you know, like I played a lot of Fortnite at the beginning. So a lot of people thought it was funny. Like, oh, it's because of the storm in the game. You're trying to, you know, break out of uh, that okay, or yeah. uh, something like that. And also we like try to be really positive and uplifting to people uh, going through hard times in the yeah. streaming world um, and a lot of the viewers. So breaking the storm for them and stuff ah. like that was kind of like an interesting aspect too. So it took on a lot of different meanings for me and our community after that. Yeah. Um, but we got we got it trademarked even. It took me oh, two years shoot. with lawyers, but I ended up getting a trademark. And then oddly enough, uh, before Thor Love and Thunder came out, Marvel tried to trademark the name oh. and was rejected because I had it. <laughs> oh, wow. So that was a really cool thing. My lawyers were like, we'll let you know if they make offers. I'm like, yeah, yeah but no, they didn't. They didn't make any offers. Oh, but um, yeah, that's that's where the name came from. Oh, man. All right. So who was Stormbreaker before you jumped into the sp- streaming space then? uh chas harvey uh the actor okay Um, i still do some acting and auditioning and stuff but i was doing a lot more before streaming i think streaming really became my passion like i always liked acting not because of like i don't know how to explain it it's like i have stage fright yeah so it's like the acting part wasn't because i was like oh i want to be you know seen as something i just loved like exploring human emotion storytelling and expressing myself in certain ways like it was kind of cool i'm expressing myself i'm expressing like real authentic behavior of a person but it's not my lines it's not my word most of the time and it so it was always like this half complete thing i was really loving what i was doing but then when i found streaming it was like now i'm getting to fully express like whatever feelings i'm having or or emotions yeah and it's in in involved with things i enjoy like either gaming or what we're watching yeah so it kind of filled both of the like that whole thing the big picture for me so even though i still act because i love doing it i feel like all of that was kind of preparing me for streaming and i just didn't even know it yet oh cool so uh yeah i was just doing uh acting and bartending and then my brother he was like dude you play video games every night you go home why aren't you just streaming Cause he knew about it. I didn't know about it. And when I looked into it, I was like, Oh wow. And fell in love with it, you know, right oh, away. Nice. Yeah. I guess, you know, like you were saying, you know, the, the acting sort of prepared you for streaming and with streaming, it's your words. It's your, it's, you're not acting to be, you know, you're not be playing a role of somebody else with somebody else's words streaming. It's who you are and, and just yeah. all genuine. Right. Ah, cool. Now, speaking of audition, so, you know, we all see on TV the audition process. Everyone's lined up and one after another. Is that how it is in the in, you know, the real world? It yes. Yes and no. Um, a lot of the time it, it has been like a lot of the auditions I've had. I lived in L.A. for two years and, and worked a lot out there like auditioning. And it is all of the scary, cringy things you can imagine. Yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult. And there's like, you know, you feel like you're in an assembly line of people that look like you when you're going in the room yeah. to audition. It's very nerve wracking. But um, since the pandemic and since uh, people like, you know, don't go out as much, the the taping your auditions has become more and more of like the thing, Okay, which is why I'm able to live in Ohio now is because you can tape your auditions anywhere as long yeah. as you have a way to a means to get to where you're filming, you know? Yeah. So I can always go back to Atlanta. Like I had a couple auditions just uh, last week. So it's just, I tape them and then I submit them to my casting director yeah. and my agent. And so that's kind of the main way to do it now. So it's not 
quite like it used to be, but it still is when it comes to like, if it's a really big role, I'll tape the audition and then you make it to the next stage of auditions where then I have to fly out or be, meet with them. And and then you're in a line with yep. people. So still got to do it a little bit. Okay. And you know, to take that career seriously, it's gotta be tough because if you get a role now you've got to, you know, be gone on the road or wherever it is for maybe a couple of weeks or a month. So you really can't focus on having, you know, your backup job can't be something that's like a nine to five or really. No. Yeah. That's why most actors you see are that like the stereotype of uh, waiting tables, yeah. bartending. It's because those are jobs that you can have somebody cover your shift. Yeah. And that's so a lot of like, yeah, you can't have like your normal nine to five or like those kind of jobs. I know a couple people that tried to act, but it's really hard to get away. Yeah. And like fully commit, you know, to, to like if you book something, they're like, hey, we might need you for two months. You right. know what I mean? Um, so it's it's definitely kind of a hindrance when it comes to like career mm -hmm. of of what you want to do like being an artist is very stereotypical starving artist yeah. lifestyle um but i've been yeah i've spent over 10 years up to 10 years bartending oh, wow. and yeah doing a lot of side work just to you know keep doing that and then streaming is amazing because it, it it's it allows me to do whatever right yeah like it's my own schedule you know so streaming kind of aligns perfectly to allow me to keep doing that yeah. which is great nice and you still do you remember the first time you, you you got that role like you know your first role that calls like yeah uh well the first audition i ever had oh uh, i booked and it was very weird i didn't even have an agent yet i just went started going to acting classes without yeah. any background in acting and um my acting coach they were holding they hold they held auditions with casting directors so this was back when people were still coming in quite a bit in person and yeah. i'd go in and uh they, well they were like they're holding auditions and they can't find their guy it's a they need a guy that looks like a football player and it's for like the marines it's a commercial for the marines but it's like a football player commercial and um uh, they, they, he's like, you should come in and try it. I was like, all right, cool. So I show up and there's all these guys like you'd imagine. Yeah. And everyone, I can hear everyone while I'm in the waiting room screaming and yelling, yeah. like cheering, like, I don't know. It's really, really. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so awkward. <laughs> so I, I go into the audition room and they, there, there's like eight people there, casting director, producers, director. And, um, they're like, okay, what we're going to have you do is you're going to put that helmet on. And you're just going to pretend that, you know, this is before the game. You're trying to get the whole team fired up. You're the captain. All right. Now oh go God. whatever you want to do. And I, I like kind of just blacked out, I think, in that moment, because I like <laughs> put the helmet on. I'm just like, let's go, guys. Let's freaking get it. You know, and I was just like losing my myself in there. And then I was like, OK, thanks. And I left and I almost like threw up oh when I God. went outside because I was like, that was so uncomfortable and embarrassing. And uh, like two hours later, I was just eating lunch uh, with my girlfriend after. And uh, they they called me because they I didn't have an agent. So yeah. they called me direct and they were like, we're putting you on first refusal. We really liked it. And then I ended up booking it. And uh, that was my first ever audition. Oh, wow. But I think the the first like when I got an agent and uh, started auditioning quite a bit, the first big thing I got, I think, was Army Wives. Yeah. Which isn't on in the air. It has been years since it's right. been on the air. Um, but I played a guy named Dennis and, uh, it was like a couple scenes, Yeah. but I get beat up by a girl and it's like, you know, she's oh, wow. an, she's a military person and I'm just a frat guy. Yeah. But, uh, it was a, that was such a great experience for me because that was like the first time I was around like actors I've seen before. Yeah. And I was like around a lot of people and it's so not what people think when they watch a show, like I'm at a party at a house and the music's really loud. Yeah. 
There was no music. Everyone's mouthing, but not talking oh, and, and dancing. And it's just me and the other actor. And I'm having to be like, so are you from here? Like, I mean, still yelling yeah. because I have to be like, it's like how you sound oh, when wow. music's on. So you have to keep all these weird things in mind that no one ever really thinks about, yeah. you know, like, oh, that's so that so was wild. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. And now, so you've done some commercials, TV shows and a movie or a couple movies. A uh, couple ind independent movies that'll never see the light of day. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want anyone to see those or find those. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I did. Uh, I had a small part on Endless Love that got cut out. So it's I'm not in it in it. Yeah. And then um, I did a part on uh, Let's Be Cops, which was a really fun booking I did as well. Yeah. And the, yeah, those are the best movies are really nice. Like they're the they're I can see why a lot of actors want to do movies over TV. You get to not be around it, everyone for too long. Yeah. Get tired of probably some people, but also the pay and everything else is just better. The quality is better. Like you get way more time uh, rehearsals wise, yeah. like as an actor, like if it's like if it's TV, you could be doing multiple scenes in one day when it's a movie you're literally going there for that day and you're you're just working one scene oh, so wow. it's really easy to remember it's like yeah more quality over quantity yeah because you have more time you know yeah. to like do that which is so it's just more fun nice and now when you know like you were just talking about rehearsing your lines do you have anybody like holding signs dropping you know drop or you've got to memorize everything memorize oh memorize. wow i mean i'm sure there's some there's some big actors like i remember talking to some actors that said like uh, Robert De Niro, like literally had his lines, like on someone's back oh, and he'd be like checking them, you know, and yeah. like have cards in their hands and stuff. And I mean, there's little tricks that some of the big actors use, but when you're there as like just a s small fry, yeah, you, you don't get any extra little hints or helps. You need to show up like, you know, ready and like down for anything because yeah. you cannot slow that process down or be one of the like right the chain that that causes problems because you're not that important yeah <laughs> like if it's a big actor they can flub lines and laugh if i flub up my line it's not as funny people aren't laughing you know it's not yeah like, it's not like a blooper thing because you're right, yeah you're just you're you're quote unquote a day player you're there for a day maybe for the scene yeah you know Gotcha. So it's different. I have to memorize everything I go in for. You got to be ready to go. There's no yep. hang on a second. And Although I will say for comedies, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, there's a show called um, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. It's on Adult Swim. And I was on that and I was I was ready. I had like nine pages of dialogue and Holy I was like cow. memorized. And they were like, forget all of it. Because <laughs> they're like, these guys literally are going to just say whatever they want to say, and you just got to hang with them. So I hope you have good improv skills. Oh, wow. So that was very intimidating, but it was very eye-opening. This is the first time I've ever had to do that. Like, yeah. literally, they'll just say whatever comes to mind because they're just trying to create organic, really funny moments. Right. And I heard that's kind of like how it is with Will Ferrell and like a lot of comedy. Okay. Like, that's why with a lot of comedies, they'll do what's called a multicam. Yeah. Because... If you get the overshot of an organic moment, but you're not getting the other side, it's kind of useless. You got to get the other person's angle. Uh, so they have multiple camera crews running at the oh, same shoot. time. So it's a lot bigger and more crazy. You yeah. Know? Oh, man. Yeah. Now, looking back, you know, over your acting career to this point, what has been a highlight that just sticks out? It's like, wow, that was, that was a really good, you know, a good show or a good moment. Um. Okay. So the actor, I always forget his name, but he plays... Um, uh god dang it he's on lost desmond uh, i don't know if you watch lost at all but um 
He's he's a really, really cool actor. I was like a big fan of the show Lost, and yeah. I, I remember him directly. It was like my favorite character. I got to have a scene with him on a show called The Passage. Oh, shoot. And it's literally like the smallest, humblest thing. Like a lot of my work is really humble and small. Mm -hmm. Like I like to joke about it, but it's like I had like a few lines of being like, yo, such and such wants to see you and I'm a security guard. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he was shooting his scene and his lines and day players like me, we always go last, you know, because they want to make sure that if the the lead actors are done, so they're, you know, their energy levels are peak, you know, we're there all day. So at the end of the day, it's usually the very last person to go. So everyone's tired. Well, this was lunchtime. Everyone was going on their lunch break. And usually what happens is I'm talking to a tennis ball instead of him because he's at oh, lunch, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everyone went to lunch and they wanted to shoot my coverage while everyone was on lunch break. And he was like, no, I'll stay and, and you can shoot over shoulder. So he has someone to actually look at and talk to. And that's very rare. It's something that, you know, if you're an actor, you know that that's like a big gesture that he did. So yeah. I. It was really sweet of him. And then I, I thanked him after the scene. I was after we shot, I was like, hey, I know that you didn't have to do that. You know, I mean, that's really meaningful and nice of you. And he like took his arm around me, was just like, hey, when I was your age, you know, there was someone that would do that for me and stuff. And he was really, really kind. That's and then cool. he had me like sit with him for lunch with his wife. And we talked about Lost and all, all this other stuff, like super cool guy. So I was just like blown away by that. It made me kind of it inspired me kind of in a way to be like, if I ever become anybody of like some kind of value, I really hope that I keep that, you know, yeah. like I'm that way and don't forget these kind of things. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, it was really special. It's really cool. cool. All right. All right. So let's jump over to video game. When did video games right. start for you? Oh God. Since I can remember, <laughs> um, I remember being really little, really little. And my sisters, my older sisters had like the super Nintendo and I would always want to play uh, like Mario, Super Mario and all those games with my sisters. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, when the N64 came out, that was like my like, oh, my God, like 007 was my first like GoldenEye was my Golden first Eye, yeah. FPS. And I freaking played that like I wouldn't go to bed. I played GoldenEye all the time and Mario Kart and Star Fox 64 and uh those are like my first real strong memories. And yeah. then obviously uh, Zelda was like huge in my life. Like probably one of the biggest things like Ocarina of Time was like, I just remember being in my room every day, just couldn't wait to get home and play Zelda and and like get further in it. And that was like, I was obsessed with it. So that's my first experience with, with gaming. Yeah. Um, I think my first online experience, cause I think we weren't, we didn't, I, it's crazy when we started making it like we could play online with people. I think my first experience with that would probably be Madden yeah. playing Madden online. And then uh, in PlayStation two, SOCOM Navy SEALs came oh, out yep. and I, that was my next like big breakthrough, I think into what made me to go, this is what I want to do almost. Cause it's like, I knew these people. I was the youngest member of the group. They yeah. were all like, they were all like what my age is now gamers, like twenties and thirties. And I was like 15, like, or whatever. <laughs> And they didn't know that I was as young as I was, or they probably wouldn't have let me in. Yeah. Um, luckily, my voice was like deep enough, <laughs> but um, they let me in their clan and I was like a big part of their group and we'd play in tournaments on SOCOM and oh, it was no like way. a really big deal. It was so freaking cool. And um, that just meant the world to me. So I think that I took that with me when I started streaming. I, I always let like kids and everybody play with us when we jump in because oh, nice. I was like, some people did that for me, you know, like, yep. so I do open lobbies a lot when I stream. Oh, cool. So yeah, that was those are my first early experiences that I yeah. like stuck with me really hard. Nice. Now, when did you you know start you know gaming on a PC and doing like the whole mouse and keyboard thing? 
right when I started streaming. Oh, no way. So, yeah, I I was playing a lot of SOCOM Navy, uh, not SOCOM, uh, Rainbow Six Siege was mm -hmm. like my main game since the beta. And I played it on Xbox and then PlayStation when all my friends switched to PlayStation. And then when I even like, and that was what I was playing when I finished bartending is I'd go home and play Rainbow with my friends. Yeah. Well, then I started looking into streaming. And oddly enough, the first game that I thought I would try, which was insane, was Fortnite. So I play, I started streaming on Mixer and was playing Fortnite and I'd make that my title, like first time streamer, mouse and keyboard player, Fortnite player. <laughs> so I wasn't just learning how to play on mouse and keyboard. I had to learn to build. Oh and yeah, because you didn't like, have I was no only builds. builds. That's right. right. It was, yeah. So it took me forever to figure out how to play. I was such a bot, but it was <laughs> like, you know, like people were watching, we were just laughing and having a good time when I was playing because it was so difficult, you know, yeah. to play on a mouse and keyboard and not know how to move around let alone build and going up against um, all these 15 year olds who are like you yeah. know oh man yeah it's crazy um so that was a great like break into it i would not recommend that though for anyone that wants to learn mouse and keyboard try cod or something when you first play mouse and keyboard yeah um <laughs> so yeah oh shoot so you said you started streaming mixer was your first platform you, you streamed to yes now what made you choose mixer over you know twitch or was it Facebook, I guess, yeah, probably just. I didn't even know about Twitch. Oh no way! <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know who Ninja was. Like yeah. I was just starting streaming, and everyone was like, "Yo, Ninja played with Drake," and I was like, "Okay, I don't know who that is, but that's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like holy cow! And I just started learning who uh, Ninja was, yeah, and like and and learning about Twitch. But I'd already started on Mixer, so Mixer was already kind of my space. Yeah, and I was so addicted to streaming at that time. I was putting in thirteen hour minimum a day up to oh, 18 geez. hours every single day for two years straight yeah. while i was on mixer and um made it into partner and i was grinding on there so much that i actually became a top 25 partner most wow. followed partner on on mixer and i was getting deals i had management and agent companies that i wanted to act like i applied for as an actor that never reached out that ended up messaging me because of my streaming because of my twitter following and everything else and i was like Everything's happening. This is so awesome that everything's working out. And then, uh, and then Mixer died. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, we were doing really, really well. We had like 152,000 followers. Holy crap. My CCV was probably like 250 to 300. Yeah. Sitting decent, which on Mixer is pretty solid for us. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience though, because I got to experience what it was like to be like doing really well. Yeah from the bottom all the way up, you know, and like I I understand like a lot of the different layers of that and everything else. Yeah. And then um going to Twitch was it was obviously pretty brutal. Um they're just it's just an ocean, you know, it's right. an ocean of content creators. So it's it's no matter no matter what, it's just very hard to, for discoverability there. Yeah. Um I could see why people were trying to get out more and and I feel like it's just it's become so popular at this point that you have to bring more to the table than Absolutely. just like having a good time in your channel. You have to, you have to make edits. You have to like put yourself out there on like all social media yep. for people to see your personality, to come see you. If they actually vibe with you, yep. they won't just organically find you anymore. Like at least on Twitch. Nope. So now what was it like on Mixer seeing that growth? Was, did you see the growth happen? You know, was there certain events that you saw huge numbers or was it just gradual over time? You, you saw that growth, you know, keep going up um i think i was growing pretty well just steadily growing yeah but when ninja signed i would say when he signed a mixer i would say like you know some people were worried that he was going to steal their thunder or something but i was excited and my follow count went up 
way rapidly after that. A lot of his people, because I was playing Fortnite, you yeah. know, like, so when Ninja's not on, I was on, I was playing Fortnite. Plus I was a big enough creator at that time that I was getting front page. Yeah. You know, like, so I was getting that visibility. So it, it honestly was a big uh, boost for me when Ninja came and when Shroud came, it was a minor little extra boost more. So not, not because of Shroud. I think it was because people were like, Oh wow. If they got Shroud, this must be really the big, like the real deal. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and people were taking it a lot more seriously. So I'd say those kind of things help boost it for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and then also I was getting very involved with streaming community. I wasn't just about like, oh, I just want to live stream. I wanted to be in like I was going to every convention. Like yeah. I was flying out. I went to PAX West a couple times, uh, PAX South a couple times, E3, TwitchCon. I was going to all these places, networking and meeting people. And I felt like it was really helping getting me kind of like involved with knowing people the right people yeah. and and having a better knowledge too of like the direction i wanted to go with it as a serious streamer not yeah. just somebody that was wanting to do it as a hobby you know so i think those things like going to conventions and then you know especially ninja coming over i think those things were definitely big for my growth yeah like getting me going places and then when when mixer pulled the plug that must have been just like you know the, the rug being pulled <laughs> out from you like where do you go after that yeah, it was devastating. Um, it was such a brutal way that they did it, too. Yeah. Um, just over Twitter after, like, the fact that we were putting in so much time and, and effort. And I and I mean, I don't mean to knock Mixer, because there was a lot of employees that I was friends with that worked for Mixer, staff members. They were voicing the same complaints and wanting the same things fixed that just weren't getting fixed. It was yeah. like a problem with the chain of command, you know, and Microsoft at the end of the day just wasn't whoever was running things between the two channels or what just wasn't seeing the, the field, the way it needed to be seen. Um, yeah. sort of like it was a pet project oh, with somebody at Microsoft. It wasn't a serious yeah, thing well, for them. Yeah, exactly. Cause Microsoft is like kind of notorious for that. They'll try something and then they'll yep. just pull the plug and be like, yeah, it didn't work. You know, they're, it's a massive company, you know, that's how it kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, sort of like, honestly, I, how I look at how YouTube treats the live streaming is like, it's somebody's pet project. If they were serious yeah. about it, they'd have a way better UI and an experience for the, you know, the, for the streamer and for the viewer. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was the big thing. Also the, um, the way the way there was there was some drama that was going on like and I, I feel like it didn't necessarily I think that the the writing was on the wall and they just didn't tell us like we could feel something was off. Yeah. Like you could feel the growth kind of stop and the money flow wasn't quite going anymore. So we were like something ain't right. But then like there was a lot of like controversial things coming out like like uh, one of the partner managers saying something that was very offensive. Uh, well, the head of partnership, not the partner, oh, manager, wow. like the head of partnership said something very offensive and and it was getting it was right during the the Me Too movement and right when COVID just was like just oh, was hitting shoot. like becoming a big thing. And it was all of that at once. And I think Microsoft was just kind of like, we're just going to wash our hands of it. Yeah. Everyone thought everyone's like, oh, they sold to Facebook. They didn't sell anything to Facebook. Facebook just happened to be like, we'll take will you take these partners if they choose to. So we give them oh, a home okay. and uh, Facebook said, sure. So Facebook offered all of us like a partnership immediately. Yeah. Being like, we'll take you guys like almost like a, uh, I don't know what the word is like, like a buyout <laughs> or something like a small, a company yeah. bought that piece of the yeah, business. Like they're like, we'll, we'll take those creators off your hands kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, a lot of creators were like F that. And they went to Twitch and they just started over. And I was one of those. Yeah. 
not that there's anything wrong with Facebook. I just, I, I remember having a long conversation in chat with my community and I was like, where do you want to go? And nobody wanted me to go to Facebook. Yeah. And they're, a lot of people were like, I'm not going to follow you to Facebook because they liked having their privacy, their, exactly. their, their name, not being their full legal name, not being shown right. and all these things. And a lot of people just didn't like that, that Facebook kind of did that. Yeah. And I still voice that to the the partner people at Facebook being like, this is what a lot of people would come over. If you guys would just look at this seriously. And they were like, we, we don't want to, you know, like that's not how we do things with Facebook. And yeah. I mean, that's all due respect and that's fine, but that's what kind of pushed me towards um, Twitch instead yeah. just to start over. Um, but yeah, it was also unfortunate. Like somebody had just made my name Stormbreaker on Facebook. Oh no. So when people went to mixer.com slash stormbreaker, it directed it to his Facebook. Yeah. And Facebook wouldn't help me with that at all. Oh, <laughs> it was like, okay, I guess everyone yeah. that uses my link or anything is now going to this guy and that's it now. And a lot of people just didn't know how to find me. Yeah. I literally would be streaming for like almost two years on Twitch and people that were on mixer were like, there you are. I haven't seen you oh, in forever. Wow. You know, like how yeah. have you been, <laughs> you know? So that was a weird, that was a weird experience, yeah. but we just kept, we just kept grinding and, fighting through that but it was it was definitely a shock not just for me yeah it's a shock for everybody we all had to make adjustments which which kind of i can get into later but the whole thing with kick it kind of opened that right. I, if you see mixer people on kick like you're like wow there's a lot of ex mixer streamers on kick it's not because kick is like mixer it's because we were forced to change already and yeah. we know it won't kill us so we're willing to take risks and change again like yeah. there's people that are on twitch that they've been on Twitch their entire career and I don't blame them if they're like worried or afraid to try something different. You know right, what I mean? Yep. So I think that's the real reason you see a lot of mixer people on kick is just cause they know they'll, they, it's not going to kill you. Yeah. You, you can, you can always go back to Twitch if it wasn't working out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Yeah. So two things on, on that whole, you know, the, the mixer piece of it. So first of all, going to, you know, like you said, you go, you went to Twitch and people couldn't find you. And that's even back then the discoverability sounded like it was not great. And now oh, it's even worse. Yeah. And then, you know, so <laughs> going to Twitch, like, so you, you said how much, like what percentage of the community ended up following you over or, or finding you initially? uh oh percentage of people came yeah from your from your mixer community like did you see a lot of the these familiar names or or just the numbers were there or were you starting out slow when you went to twitch man it was it was a big hit because a lot of my viewers were people that were watching on the mixer app on console oh okay they, a lot of them didn't transfer over and i yeah. didn't know how to transfer them i didn't know how to get their attention off yeah. of console so i would say maybe 20% yeah. of, of everyone that was in my channel consistently about 20% came over to Twitch, I would yeah. say. And I came, I came to Twitch in a big way. Like I, I boomed over there right away. I made a big impact. It was really nice. I, I was like, I'm trying to get partnered. They partnered almost, I'd say 90% of everyone that was partnered on mixer oh, wow. that, that came to Twitch. They partnered them. Oh shoot. I must've rubbed somebody the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> but I came in, made a big splash. Uh, we, had like over almost 4,000 subs on, on Twitch oh, my wow. first month. Like we were, we were really like trying to make a, you know, an impact there. Like, yeah. Hey, we're here. I want to be partnered here. I want to try and, and, um, they never partnered me over there. And, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't have any, like, and it's one of those things where you're like racking yourself. Like, what did I do that could have been <laughs> offensive yeah. enough or, but it just didn't, it just didn't go my way over there. And 
I, I mean, who knows? There could be a million reasons, honestly. Yeah. But um, for me, it was just like, okay, we're on our own. We're we're gonna just I'm gonna keep doing this because I love it. Yeah. And I kept doing it, and I kept you know just growing like an island. It felt like on Twitch. Like I never felt like I was Twitch. I always yeah. felt like I was just a streamer that happened to be. That's where I happened to be live. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people felt that way. You know, like I wasn't I wasn't alone in that sense. And I think that that kind of um, camaraderie was just waiting for another platform to appear. We were yeah. just there. And just waiting for the opportunity like that. We knew that there wasn't we didn't see light at the end of the tunnel, but we just kept going because that this is what we love doing. Yeah, I know. A I know a lot of people that actually stopped streaming altogether, though. A lot of people just they were like, I'm not doing this again. My own brother, who was a bigger streamer than me on Mixer, he actually was bigger than I am. Yeah. Uh, Cricks. Yeah, like my brother, he retired and went. He's like, you know, I can make money in other ways. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't it wasn't that big of a. A problem for him and a lot of people like they're like we did this because we saw a lot of opportunity but now right. that there's not it's not really for me you know and uh, so i think it kind of helped you know like kind of solidify like i am doing what i love doing because i'm like you know whether it's good times or bad i'm doing this because i yeah. love doing it i love i love reaching people whether it be only 10 people or 250 people or a thousand people i love you know reaching them bringing positivity to them and uh like the charity like there's just so much that i get to do and have an impact in that I just love. And it, it seems like a lot of the people that re that just vibe and relate to me are in this space. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I see that when I go to conventions, even I feel a closer bond with with a lot of the gamer crowd people, a lot of the live streaming people than I felt anywhere else. Nice. Like when I was an athlete, I was kind of a nerd gamer yeah. on the side that played sports. Like I didn't really go out with the guys on the baseball team. I didn't right. like quite fit in with that crowd, but I just loved playing baseball. Yep. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, it just feels like home and that's why I kept doing it. And um, I, I do feel very optimistic about the future now. Mm -hmm. I think that with kick showing up that it's going to show, it's going to basically be a better space for everyone. Like I'm, I'm one of those big advocates for kick and a lot of people think I'm like, like simping for him or something, but I just see what Eddie, the, the CEO and I see, some of the owners like Trainwreck and the partner manager yeah. and Polly, like people that are staff that are working like on the, the platform and all of their visions. I've looked very like I've looked at and I'm like, this is exactly what I've been trying to say. Even when I was on Mixer, this is what creators want. This is what viewers want. And I'm finally on a platform that's actually doing it, like yeah. actually doing those things for creators. So it made me go super diehard for them because I'm like, finally, this is this is why I've been sticking around for for so long. And yeah. I mean, I have a couple friends that are over here as well that like helped me come over here, even that they've been with me since Mixer and they were saying the same thing. Like we're all looking at each other like this is what we've been wanting. This is what yeah. we've been working for, you know, so I'm very motivated on this platform. Like I feel like not only is it good for kick streamers, but it's really, really good for every platform every creator like mm -hmm. i feel like if it weren't for kick you wouldn't be seeing this um all these benefits with twitch multi-stream yeah. i personally believe and i know some people will disagree with me i personally believe they wouldn't have walked back as much the tos that they were about to introduce yeah. about the sponsorship deal like i think that kick has been a massive impact in the space that's created a better streaming world for everybody competition not is just good. not just them yeah exactly yeah, absolutely and now Going back to Twitch for a little bit, did you end up making the partner status after after you know before you moved over to Kick? 
Um, wait, did I make the partner stats? Yeah, I'm did sorry, you end then. up make, making the Twitch partner by the end of the no. before? No, no, no. They've rejected me. I well, I stopped applying after yeah. the second year. I I was on Twitch for three years. Yep. And I stopped applying after the second year because yeah. I just realized, like, well, I made, I hit all of the, the requirements. Oh, and they still and they didn't still, get. They still oh, wow. kept rejecting me. And I'm not the only one. There's a couple other people I know that yeah. no matter what they did, they kept getting rejected. So I just thought I don't want to be a part of it anyway. Yeah. Plus, what is the badge over there? Like, yeah. what, are, what are you getting? Yeah. You're not getting a 70-30 anymore. No. Nope. You're not getting, you're, you're literally just clout. Like, that's it. Like, and, and I'm not interested in clout. I don't yeah. really care if I'm the biggest and most important person on the platform or anything. I just want to support myself. I want to support my family. Yeah. And I want to help others. Like, that's it. Yeah, you know? I, I've had a bunch of, you know, I had a whole bunch of creators on and I've heard, you know, the, I've always asked me, what's your partner story? And, and, you know, at the end, when you get the partner story, it's just a check mark. But this one girl who's been on and she had, yeah, she really had a great answer for it. The partner status or the partner's check mark gave it something that other or advertisers who don't know what Twitch is or anything, it's a check mark. Okay, that's recognition. Now I can yeah. partner with you. And that's really the only answer I ever got that partner status, you know, was a benefit for. That's one. Yeah. And I agree with her that that's one truthful thing. Cause a lot of sponsors, a lot of companies, a lot of brands. Yeah. Like I had a strong following and I had a, a very good presence still with my community. Like, um, every, every business I ever partnered with has very been happy with me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh man, people really like the product. Well, that's also cause I only choose businesses. I believe in their product too, but right. like, a lot of businesses will own like it's just yeah one of those things where they see a check mark so they think you're legitimate exactly. or they think like you're the real deal but i i feel like that stereotype was starting to to lessen and lessen the more i saw a lot of people that had good numbers and everything just weren't getting partnered wow and and it's just a matter of being able to network i think yep. like with what i was saying earlier about the fact that i go to conventions i think that helped me in the long run escape that that problem of being like oh you're just an affiliate yeah I would actually meet with them face to face and show them my Twitter following, show them my Instagram following, show them other things about me. And then you were committed them, to doing what streaming. You weren't yeah. just somebody at home. Just, you know, yeah. that's it. Like, even though, even though Twitch wasn't recognizing me as an, as, as a legitimate, like content creator, I was able to prove that I was a legitimate content creator yeah. without them. You know, yeah. I just had to take it in my own hands. So I yeah. think that's like a good lesson anyway. Like I said, like a lot of us that came over to kick, we've gone through a lot of stuff where we have thicker skin for it yeah. and we're, we're primed and ready for there to be a, a change in this, in this industry. Yeah. Right. Like, and I, I feel like that's the same mission and vision that the staff and, and Eddie who's leading it, like that that's their mission as well. They're like, um, I, I was reading an article and I'll have to send it to you. I forgot who wrote it, but it was right after TwitchCon just happened. Yeah. And they basically said like, Kick is a disruptor. They are. They I are saw the platform. that. Yeah, I read that same. Yeah, yeah. Platform for the people. Yep. And I and I was like, that is spot on. Why I'm here and why I believe in it the way I yeah. do. Now, did you have any hesitation jumping the quick or kick, knowing what happened with Mixer, and then just do ready to do the grind all over again that you did with Twitch, and now you're ready for oh, kick? Absolutely. Oh, when I first heard about it, when I first heard about it, um, I was watching because I watch a lot of like podcasts and a lot of, a lot of uh, YouTubers like yeah. Ludwig, Moist Critical. And the first thing I ever heard about the platform was Trainwreck was making his own play platform. This is what I heard. Yeah. And it was so that Stake couldn't gamble again. And I was like, OK, that's not really for me if it's, you know, a gambling thing or whatever. Right. 
Um, and then my one of my best friends, Gypsy, she um, she man, she was so mistreated by Twitch. I mean, that's a whole nother story. But she went ahead and went over to um, kick. I don't know if you know I Gypsy, but she'd be a great person for you okay. to talk to, too. Um, she went over to kick and was one of the first people over there. And I was watching how, you know, she'd been through things just like me watching how she was really excited. You could see life back in her basically of, yeah. of this excitement that she was having and things were going really well. And I'm like, good, you know, she deserves like good things happening to her. This is great. And then another one of my really close friends, BZB, she ended up going over there with, with gypsy and they started streaming both over there. Yeah. And when they, when that happened, that's when I started asking them because I'm kind of on a plateau with Twitch. Like it was like, Everyone's like, oh, I'm losing some. I don't, I'm, dude, if, if things didn't work out on kick, I go back to Twitch. It's back to the same right. status quo, right? Yep. Uh, so that's not even a risk. It was just the fact that I was like, they're both really excited about what's going on. I need to look into it. So yep. I, I got in a call with them and I started talking to them about, you know, what they're experiencing there. Cause I was like, so wait, is this a gambling thing? Like, what is this? Can you explain? And I did my due diligence and I looked into, you know, the relationship stake has with kick yeah and it's a it's not at all what i thought like stake doesn't own kick you know like eddie is a owner of stake but he's also an owner of kick so of course he allows it to be there but it's not at all an owner of it so it's not yeah. beholden to it that's my problem i went from platform to platform where the platform was beholden to something that did not have interest aligned with mine yeah so with mixer it was beholden to microsoft not me yeah. When I was at Twitch, it's beholden to Amazon, not me. Yeah. Whereas, whereas like kick is beholden to what is best for the streamer. You are, you and the, you and the viewers are the, the people we're trying to please. Yeah. So that excited me. So I was like, cool. And then the 95, five split, oh, like God. it's, it's game. It's a game changer. It's, and yep. I, and I'm a big believer in that. And what Eddie and train said about that, they're like, that's your money. Like, like your community wants you to have it yet. They're taking half at Twitch, you know, right. like, when they're not even promoting you or help you bring everything to them every yeah. every every viewer you're bringing to their platform they're not helping you with that yeah and then they take half of your earnings so, and they're, they're and requiring more ads to be played for the viewers who are it's just yeah it was just absolutely it's negative after negative and and they were just they kept making wrong move after wrong move and right you were talking about you know when kickstart i, I Went into BZB stream, went into Biggies. I I start I did a few streams. Just the vibe was really fresh. It was good. Yep. People who were there, they had new motivation or new they had like you know they they were happy to be streaming again. It seemed from the people that came from Twitch and went to Kicks like this is feels different. Right. And it wasn't the negativity that a lot of people were amping up. And honestly, to me, it seemed like a lot of that negativity, that noise you heard were people who made it on Twitch and I think they may have been fearful of losing out and missing the boat to kick. You and I agree. I agree with that a thousand percent. I've been saying that too. I think the, there it's like high school. There yeah. was like a hierarchy where there was established people. They have a really good thing going for themselves on Twitch, right? They don't want the status quo to change. They don't want the environment to change. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I don't blame them. I get it. I understand I mean, if that's what you're worried about, you know, like they're worried about their, their their they, income this, it's their business like this is their reality and they don't want their reality to change right and it just seemed very weird that they kept throwing stones at kick like with morality involved being like gambling and it's like well they're still gambling on twitch and they're like hot tub streams well there's hot tub streams on twitch yeah like everything you're saying 
it it's not holding any like strength to it. And and they've been dissecting us ever since we started, which honestly, it only helps our PR, it seems like in growth, because it's yeah. growing more, it, more people are starting to hear about it. And then they'll find out themselves when they actually check it out. Because the majority of the people that are on this platform, I strongly believe, are amazing content creators that aren't toxic that aren't, you know, and as soon as you come over and spend a little bit of time here, you realize that really quick that it's they just keep pointing out one or two of the like top creators. Yeah. But that's a whole different universe. Like there's there's huge creators on YouTube and on Twitch and, and elsewhere that do toxic things. We're just not combing through their content every day yeah. to try and shine a light on it. Well, and the other you know? thing is, you know, kick is new. They're going to make some mistakes. They've adapted. They've put rules in place. They're they're changing. They're growing and they're adapting. And they're still. It's making things better overall. I think. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. I think I think that nothing's perfect. Right. Like obviously, but I do believe that the leadership at Kick, they are about like doing things the right way and yeah. trying to make this a really enjoyable, great place. I mean, the adjustments that they've made. In this span of time, this short span of time is immeasurable to any other platform. Yeah. I've never seen a platform make changes as quickly as they have. Like with the hot tub streams and gambling, they even made a toggle button for you like immediately. Yeah. Like they're constantly coming up with new ideas and new ways to make things not just like like the most fit for you. Like like, you know, if you want bits or you want drops or you want um super chats, all that stuff is coming. It's yeah. not that they're not just doing that, though. They're like, how can we make it better? And I'm, I love that energy because you're challenging these other platforms to do better as well. Yep. So everybody wins. You know, if you throw this kind of system, like some group like this, they're literally making the entire industry a better place. Yeah, agree 100%. And so so I, I don't know why anyone would root against that. Even if you're not going to stream on Kick, you should be wanting the best things for it. Like I still want, like I celebrate when Twitch makes a good move. Yeah. Because it's literally like, cool, we're, we're in a competition here. The last thing I want is for for a platform to die yeah, and like all those creators that are on that platform to suffer for it, you know? Yeah. Like that's not what I want. No, you've and been through so, that. You know what it's like, right? That's you don't want, we don't wish that on other people. Right. Yeah. And so, now, you know, what, what do you think kick needs? Or if you had Eddie's ear right now and said, Eddie, we need this. What's, you know, what's the couple of things you would really would like to have. He's already doing them. <laughs> like I, I, and the cool thing is, is like as a partner, I actually can voice a lot of these things already. Nice. So, um, a lot of these things are really interesting ideas too. Like, uh, like a like a light example, like nothing super groundbreaking. Yeah. Is like if you have a top donor that donates like the most subs or whatever, gives the most subs, maybe they get their own unique badge. Yeah, it's like a big win for all streamers. It's like so. There's those kind of discussions that are happening. Um. We all know that that advertisement can be really annoying for the viewer, but it's also a great way of income for the, the streamer. Right. And I think it's really great that there's discussions going on with Eddie and, and the staff members about ways to make that an enjoyable or at least tolerant experience mm -hmm. for the viewers where streamers actually have a say what about the ads that they're going to show, yeah. which is huge, which they don't have on Twitch. And then also ways like having it like a sidebar or like not fully right. take up the stream. Yeah. Like. They're coming up with every kind of way to make it a win-win for the creator and and the viewer, yep. you know? And and the fact that you get to, like, I just found it very weird, like, that, like, big, big creators, like, that have so much influence, like, like, Hassan, who says, like, you know, 
kick is bad because of gambling, his viewers then have to sit through a DraftKings ad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it just seems so ironic, you know, and it seems so strange to me. Yeah. So I just think it's really great that kick is actually taking like a, an approach to, to make this a better situation because yeah. you don't hear people complaining too much about YouTube ads. Like they do Twitch ads. No. You know what I mean? Like the Twitch ad situation is a very big issue. And I think that it's great that that's a discussion we're trying to figure out to, yeah. to help everybody. Yeah. Cause you could um, be sitting yeah. through five ads on Twitch and it's yeah, like, it's soon ridiculous. you see that I'm out, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and they show the percentages. I mean, before they started doing the five to six ads, yeah. They had a, what was it, like a 30% rating of people would not finish the ad to see the new streamer. Yeah. They would leave. Absolutely. So you're losing 30% of your possible new viewers. Mm -hmm. And they're taking half of your earnings. Right, yes. <laughs> it's just, it just seems like they're working against you over there. And and um, I've I've experienced a lot more a lot more growth, a lot of better relationships here. I've I felt seen when I came over to Kick. Yeah. So I'm like, that's why I'm such a big cheerleader for Kick. I literally came over... And staff members were coming in and, and chatting with us and, nice. and making the chat even more fun and enjoyable. Um, That's great. Like I have a staff member in my chat now. That's <laughs> like like showing love that I love very dearly. Um, so it's like there's a lot of awesome feelings like that. You just feel way more seen. And I see people of all shapes and sizes, all areas of politics, all areas of race and gender that are getting noticed and getting a, a like actual like presentation like they're actually getting front um, front features yeah it's not like this one group if you you have to believe these certain things politically you have to believe these certain things ideology like you don't have to do that on kick where you're actually like i i legit have never felt more safe as a creator to be who i am yeah like and you i was always scared yeah i feel like I, and on twitch i'd have i walk on eggshells like i'm so scared that it, like i'll misspeak or something and i'll get banned yeah you know like it just felt way uptight. The energy was just kind of daunting over there, you know? Yeah. So I know I'm like praising kick a lot, but that's just like, like how excited and happy I am about the platform and where it's heading. Yeah. And, um, nothing wrong I'm, with I'm, believing in something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my take on it and my personal experience. Yeah. And, uh, they've been very good to me. It feels good to be like last time I was on a feature or partnered or anything was on mixer. So it's, it's been a really great feeling. You feel back home again better yeah better nice. like a lot of people keep saying like oh well it's gonna die like mixer did and i'm like it's not mixer uh mixer was a mini twitch for those that never knew about mixer it was literally the same replica twitch half of your subs revenue goes to them uh like you know all the same issues that twitch had they were doing the same thing they were just trying to copy twitch it felt like yeah. the only thing that was worse is bulk gifting subs didn't even exist Oh, shoot. So if you had a big donor that wanted to gift 10 subs, he had to gift one at a time. Oh, wow. And then by the 10th one, his card would probably get declined, <laughs> yeah. which it did. So you never we never saw massive sub mount amounts until we left and went to Twitch. Yeah. So we were even as a nobody streamer on Twitch, I was making more than I was as a top partner on Mixer. Oh, wow. So Mixer was not like this special mecca where we were well taken care of, right. you know, like not in any way. There was just it was smaller. So we had community. But yeah. Twitch had community too at one point, yeah. like, you know, back when, back in the day, you know, it just, it got a lot bigger. Nice. You know? So what I, in my opinion, something I think kick, I would like to see on kick is, you know, have some partnership with games like, you know, drops, like we see in Twitch, you know, like if there's a big 
you know, new update coming or new game dropping, have some drops available for the streamers, but not in a way that, hey, it's 24 hours, you got drops and you can do AFKs or sleeping streams and, you know, drops and enable, but make the drops. You got to watch your streamer. The streamer's got to be live and then drops will kick in. And that's, yep. I think that's sort of the one thing Twitch really has an advantage over kick right now from, you know, just making that, you know, bringing more people in, I think, viewers. Right. I agree. And uh, I can happily say that that Eddie is very aware of that. And the staff, we've we've talked about it oh, as nice. well, where I can say that it, that drops drops are coming, that they're they're planning on drops, but they're they're wanting to make sure that it's not like taken advantage of. Yep. It's the same thing with the hourly pay, like the, the in the partner incentive program that they've introduced that yep. like luckily there's. There's 88 of us so far that have been announced, but they're obviously phase three is almost complete being recruited. And then, and then it'll be open to the public. We're kind of like the Guinea pigs to it. Yeah. Everything depends on people, not, uh, you know, uh, us having a way for it to be sustainable and not taken advantage of. Yeah. So just like in that regard where we have, they have to make sure people aren't like, you know, like just showing VODs to try and collect hours. Right. right? Or yep. like there's, there, you can think of probably a million ways that people would try to take advantage mm -hmm. of it and, and cheat it. They're already looking into that. I mean, they're heavily looking into like everyone that's embedding and botting. They're very aware of that. Nice. So they like I just big encouragement to anyone that's on kick. Make sure you guys follow the rules because they know. Yeah. And um, also, though, with drops, like Eddie said, they don't want to just do drops the way Twitch is doing it. They're they're looking at ways that how can we make this even better? Like, yeah. how can we everything that Twitch and YouTube and Facebook do? it's on the table and what's being worked on, but it's like, how can we add to it, make it better? Like we'll have kicks, which are like bits mm -hmm. um, when they come out, they're making ways where you can actually like give your viewers kicks or they can give each other kicks and move like, you know, so as a viewer, you could actually make monetization, like yeah. just really interesting extra ways to like make it even more of a fun experience oh, nice. for everyone. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that coming. I'm excited about the drops too, because I thought drops was a great way to grow a channel. Like yeah. when Tarkov came out, a lot of streamers who oh, never huge. got noticed all of a sudden they're like, they're actually doing well, you know, and yeah. same thing with rust mm -hmm. and Valorant. And I think a lot of careers got made because of the drops, right? Absolutely. So yeah. if you do it right, it can open a door and open up opportunities for people, you know, to, to shine and find their place in this entire industry. Right. Yeah. So it's great to have, but we also want to make sure that it's done in that manner and not a manner that's abused, you yeah. know, like where people, you know, take, you know, like how streamers take advantage right. of it. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I, that's another thing that excites me though, is just simply like that, that is something that they are taking very yeah. serious and keeping in mind that people aren't just gaming the system, you know? Yeah. I think it's great that you, you know, as a content creator like yourself, it must feel good that you have somebody who is listening to you, listening to what you guys want versus just sort of here's what's coming and that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll ever have this experience ever again, <laughs> honestly, like of, of a platform doing this. It's so rare. I think a lot of us understand that, like that this is something like we just don't want to waste. It's like this is when we put in the most work yeah. and are excited about because we want to make the most of this gift that we have with with the ownership and the platform the way it is and the fact that they're so interested in in um giving us all a voice on what direction and how this platform you know grows and evolves yeah. and everything else where where it's beneficial for everyone you know i think when you reward good behavior good things continue to happen and i think that's kind of the problem in a lot of systems is like 
we 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 reward behaviors that encourage ways to be broken mm -hmm. you know and i mean this happened on mixer too mixer tried some pretty interesting ideas they did the the uh the the viewer incentive program where every view was 10 cents oh wow um and so every view was like if you qualified for this program but then guess what people literally would just Figure leave their camera way. on yeah they would they would leave their pet like a like a pet hamster and a camera on it and they just 24 hour stream never in stream and the view money would just be racking wow. up and we thought at the time a lot of us were abiding by the rules we're like those people are going to get kicked out yeah like, mixer's going to do something about it and they're going to punish them and they didn't they actually paid everybody oh wow and then they and then the and then the and then they couldn't do it anymore they literally were like we can't do it anymore we lost too much money like it was you know it wasn't sustainable well no duh you have right. to regulate it you know you have to make sure that there's like things in place that'll keep it sustainable yeah you need checks and, and balances or people will figure out how to how to work the system yeah they'll yeah. try to manipulate it and the fact that they listen to us because streamers are on the ground floor we see when something is amiss we're like hey this this could be a loophole we're yeah. able to notify them and they listen to us you know, they're not like big leaguing us. They're like, oh, we'll get right on that. We'll look at that. And they they look into it and they fix it because nice. we've had multiple situations where streamers, we've talked to staff or, you know, uh, reached out and then they're like on it and they look into it and then they they make their adjustments, you know, and I, that's what makes me feel like it's we're in good hands is because nice. I, I do trust the leadership here. And um, yeah, with with the people that are at the helm and the the staff members are super enthusiastic. I just feel very optimistic yeah. where we're at. Well, like well, something I he wants to sell the company. I don't see you know, I don't see other any other way yeah. that it would go negative. Um, yep. So kick partner, how did you find out you were going to be one of the kick partners? Okay, so you get randomly selected for that. So I didn't really have. I I was very very fortunate that. They saw me early on when I first came over and yeah. I was on the feature list like they'd pop in randomly. I tell everyone it doesn't matter if you're a big streamer, or small streamer, staff members will just hang out in there. And if they like your attitude and they like the energy you get, you have, they'll put you on the feature list. Like so I had somebody literally just a staff member that was lurking in my channel. I was playing Destiny and uh, they, they just were like, hey, really like what you're doing here. I'm just letting you know I put you on the feature list. So then all of a sudden randomly every now and then I get featured and I'd grow a little bit. I yeah. grow a little bit. And then um, with all of that, and, and and I felt like I was building a good relationship with other other streamers and the staff, which I think is important, you know, like networking, building relationships with other other creators. Yeah. And networking. Luckily, the two friends I had, uh, Gypsy and BZ, both got selected for phase one. And as partners, they actually take your recommendation into account. So not only did I have a couple staff members that already knew me because they came into my channel. Right. I had some people that made it in that were like, you should be here. And they recommend that we're like, so, and I get to do the same thing now that I'm a partner. Like I look at channels and I, if I see somebody that's like really killing it and hits the, hits the, uh, the numbers, I get to like, at least recommend. I mean, I'm not saying that I get the, like the end all be all say, and neither did they, you yeah. know, but they do listen to it. And luckily I guess that's what got me the email. Like they just, awesome. they just DM'd me and said, Hey, here's the contract are you interested um in being a part of phase two and i was like yeah like of course <laughs> That's awesome. you know like i felt very very honored and very lucky and fortunate because there's so many good people that have come over to kick yeah that aren't partnered yet and some of them i think are bigger deals than i am you know like i'm like you guys are amazing and i um so i feel like it was just very lucky to be a part of this like beginning program yeah but it, after phase three, it's going to be opened up to everybody. So oh, fantastic.
everyone that meets the qualifications can apply at that point and and be reviewed and and that'll be great. And the cool thing about the partner program also is this is just one part of it. There's like two or three other parts to the partner program mm-hmm. of benefits. Like right now, the only one that everyone knows about is the uh, the hourly pay, yeah. um, which like we we obviously can't get too much into of, of because the NDAs and stuff. But right. there's other things that partners will be getting beneficially that um, they haven't opened up yet to everybody yeah. and talked about yet. So it's pretty great. Like mm-hmm. I think. Being a partner on Kick is going to be a much more rewarding thing mm-hmm. than uh, than it was on Twitch. From all the content creators I've talked to and whatnot, especially the ones who are in, in the U.S., you know, when you're yeah. a full time content creator, one of the big things is health insurance, sick days, and vacation days. You don't have that, no. and you know something I talked to, you know, Deadly Slob with Veritas is. You know, that's something that is missing for people who have made that commitment, reach certain status. Maybe there's something that could be built into it that you reach that level. You have some option to buy into some sort of healthcare coverage or, you know, some way that you can take a vacation or have sick days because it's not healthy as a full-time content creator to, no. you know, to try to either, you know, you, you work you know, 52 weeks a year, you don't get vacation. You're and trying to stream when you're sick or you're mentally yep. not into it. It's not beneficial for anybody. Yeah. I, I think those are all really good ideas because you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people don't understand. I always tell people like, Hey, try it. You maybe you know, if you love streaming, but I recommend not doing it unless you love doing it because yeah. it take it does take such a whole like toll on your mental health. Yeah. And it is hard to take vacations. It's hard to break away because you're constantly worrying about like, exactly. especially like, hopefully you're not dependent that much on your sub revenue. Yeah. But you know, it takes a huge hit on your subs. It takes a, it, you know, and it's, it's very stressful for streamers when they're away to be like, man, I need to get back to stream. I'm, you know, I'm missing this, you right. know, I'm missing, you know, and they're worried that their community is just going to move on without them. And yeah. you know, all those weird fears that they, they have in their heads. So I agree with that a lot. Um, some of it, I don't know if there's a way around. Like, even if we had a vacation that was paid for, yeah. we would be freaking out. Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. And there, there is some things Kick's doing, I can't say yet, yep. but that that are kind of interesting as far as that goes, um, as far as like travel and stuff. Yeah. But uh, the health insurance thing is a new one I haven't heard yet, which is very interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to bring that up in the meetings with them. I'll be like, hey, is there anything future down the road that we can like work towards like maybe working with like a healthcare pr- program where maybe we at least get a discount in the healthcare exactly. system, you know, like, cause when I was an actor, that's kind of how it is with SAG right. with my union, right? Like we hit a certain number of work as an actor. You're, you know, you're making a certain amount, like maybe like, like you would as a streamer, you're making yeah. a certain amount to be a partner. You'd qualify for these health benefits. Like that's kind of how the SAG union worked. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why that wouldn't be like a thing that we could consider down the road. It'd be very interesting. Because if you have um, enough yeah. partners at a certain level, that's people who would buy into a system as, you know, as kick, they, you know, just sort of how larger companies do it. You know, once you get a certain threshold of employees, you get discounts and maybe that's just some way to, yeah. because there, I'm sure there's families out there or people just sold, you know, 30 year old person streaming that doesn't have health insurance because they're trying to make it as, as a full-time content creator. Absolutely. So that's just, yeah, just that's, something that I, I seems to I come that's up. A great I, that's a great idea. I've been complaining about health insurance for a <laughs> while now. <laughs> so now that you mentioned that, that's a pretty awesome idea. I think um, definitely worth bringing up and uh, and talking about. Yeah. I, they let us bring, you know, any ideas to the table and they're and they don't just like 
let him go in one year, one year and out the other. Yeah. They like honestly listen and see if it's something doable, which I really respect. That's awesome. Um, there's like no, yeah, there's like no dumb questions when I, when I'm in there talking and they're they're They want to know like, what else can we do to make this really cool? Cause I mean, yeah, you're right. If that, if that program, I mean, that would be huge for them because I don't know any creator that would be like, like I, w if I heard that, like, Oh, honestly, the 955 and the fact that there's even hourly, like, yeah. possible on a stream was already mind blowing like to make me come over but i mean healthcare on top of that would be insane like well, that'd be so cool because twitch doesn't do it youtube doesn't do no. it if, if kick all of a sudden say hey you know what you're a partner streamer you have an option to do health insurance because i guarantee you most people who watch a streamer have no idea that it's so much more than just playing a game and it, it's oh, a yeah. you're your own you're you you are your own small business that you've got yep. to sort of manage all aspects of it very true yeah yeah, I love that idea. That's something that who knows, man. I hope we I hope that catches legs because that'd, be cool. uh, that'd be really cool for a lot of us that need it too. Like yeah. just some sort sort of form to help a lot of the creators that are out there in that in that aspect, you yeah. know. So absolutely, that's definitely something I'm I'm gonna take with me. Awesome, for sure. <laughs> all right. So looking at the you know all of these you know the the rebuild from Mixer to Twitch to Kick. What has been sort of the, you know, somebody with that much experience, what has been the toughest thing about, you know, since you first went live to, you know, firing up your stream tonight and going live? What's the hardest things about being a, a content creator? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> accountability, self-accountability, yeah. I would say. Probably the hardest out of all of it. Like, there's a lot of things that are pretty tough that people don't understand, but it's, it's like... If you're, you don't have anyone, like you don't have a boss, you don't have anyone that's like, you know, making you do it. You have to like literally get up and it takes, it takes more than I think people realize to like do things on your own and actually yeah. get those things done. Like there's been many days where, especially on Twitch, where I just did not want to hit the live button and mm -hmm. you, and sooner or later, like you could feel that way for weeks. And I know people are like, well, if you don't feel like streaming, don't stream. If it's your, if it's like your main source of income and and you've already taken a couple days off. Yeah, that is not as easy of a of option just to be like, well, I'm just gonna not do that again. And I mean, I've I've felt that especially on Twitch, which is why I I went back and started bartending again. Yeah, you know, because it is important to bring quality to your work, mm -hmm. and and you have to have that like accountability to look at yourself outside of yourself, kind of like look at the big picture of what's yeah. best for the business, you know, because a lot of emotions can take control, and you can you can kind of harm yourself too. Mm -hmm. So it's like knowing like how far you should push yourself, you know, is it a very yeah. important thing? Um, a lot of people over push and they grind so hard yeah. that they burn out and that really can wear on your health, physical health mm -hmm. and your mental health. So knowing, you know, like when you need to push through and get the work done, make that YouTube video, make that clip, make that, you know, go live, do the things that you're, you don't want to do, you know, and, and learning how to have that delayed sat gratification is I think extremely important. And yep. that self-discipline, if you want to be a very successful business and not just be like a hobbyist, at right. it, because you're going to have ups and downs, you know, and being able to move and progress during the down periods where maybe your view counts down, maybe mm -hmm. your sub le levels down, being able to work through that and not just break into pieces and kind of like break everything you've already built, you know, yeah. like we, we can do so easily. I think that's, that's something that's definitely one of the hardest things um, to go through. Yeah. And it's also an ego check. Like, I mean, just having that ability to not let your ego take a hit. Like, like I, that was a big one. I mean, I didn't have a big ego when I was on mixer. Thank God. 
because it was a very humbling experience to like start over again, right. you know, like put all that work in. And then literally people that tr were talking to you and treating you like somebody, a lot of those people just gone, you yeah. know, like gone with it, you know? Yeah. And it takes, it takes a lot to just be like, just look ahead and stay productive and take the positives from what you got from what happened, you know, like yeah. don't let it wreck you. But like, what did I learn? Like I actually gained a lot of knowledge from all my time on mixer it wasn't wasted right you know like that energy wasn't wasted i actually built some good relationships as well yeah so those are good things to take with too. it too know? mm -hmm. and your skills transferred as well absolutely yeah now something you, you touched on sort of you know that grind and whatnot i you know last year i was talking to veritas about you know the grind and and how many hours people put into streaming and he said you know what you know five ten years from now you know, the, the content creators are going to be sort of like the Disney kid actors from the, you know, early 2000s. There's going to be some diagnosis of mental health and things like that because of people who have just sat in, a, in front of a camera and streamed 12 hours a day for X amount of days. And having a break, like, you know, I think what you do with, you know, with the bartending is a fantastic break from sitting in front of a stream. And, you know, cause yeah. you, even though you're streaming, you're interacting, you're not really having that human to human interaction. You're reading yeah. chat versus as a, as a Absolutely. bartender, you're out there, you're having, you're interfacing. So from a, you know, from a mental health standpoint, it's, it's probably a very good balance to have. Yeah. I, uh, I'm kind of grateful like, getting back into bartending. I got to say like, cause I mean, when I was doing really well in mixer, I was full time yeah. and like, yes, the ego check, yes. The humility of like going back to work or something like that. That's a little something that you like a hard pill to swallow at first. Yeah. The reason why it was really hard though, was like what you just said, where going back into interactions, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like you almost, I almost felt like I was like, malnourished or something like to, to, to socialize. Like it was like, I was actually scared going into the interview going like, like feeling all this anxiety of like, I'm like, man, this used to be nothing. Like, is this because I've just been inside? Right. Like, like for so much time that I'm like, I'm, I'm overly anxious to just talk to people. And that used, I never used to be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And getting back into bartending, I think it has definitely helped me. Cause I mean the first week it was like that, but then I started to be like, Oh, I've been here. I know what I'm doing. And it got back into what I used to be. Yeah. So I do think that there is something to that. What you're saying is like being out socializing at least a little bit. Yep. I also like majorly encourage people to go out and exercise, even if it's like just a walk outside, just yeah. something like where you're physically active and you're outside. It does so much for your mental health. Like you don't even realize, like I, I always feel really depressed and down like some mornings and mm -hmm. it's night and day. Once I'm at the gym and I'm working out halfway through the workout, I'm all of a sudden, like I have ideas clicking in my head yeah. again. I have, like, you know, there's optimism in me again. And I, I feel like, like some motivation to do something, you know, like I feel way better. Yeah. Um, so I always try to tell people like, it's, it is important to do that. I still feel like I could do it more. Mm -hmm. Like I need to do it even more. And yeah, you know, right, right there. When you said you're at the gym, you're getting ideas. That tells me you love what you do, because if you didn't love what you were doing, you wouldn't get these ideas out, you know, away from in front of a cam yeah. camera. You know that it's like, you'll be driving. Right. Like I'll, I'll be driving. You know, <laughs> we'll drive to Canada to see family. And, and over that drive, like, oh, that's a good idea. And it's just it because you love what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great feeling. That's why it's worth the struggle. Like I tell people, I'm like, don't do it. But if you love doing it, like I love doing it. There's a passion there that I can't put a price on, you know, yeah. like, like, so even when we're in times of famine where, you know, money's tight and we're struggling or whatever, 
I feel so good about what I'm doing. Like I can't yeah. imagine not doing it, you know? And that's why I went and bartended as well. I'm like, I'll just do a side thing. Like mm -hmm. I can still do what I love to do, Yeah. you know, and still handle my other obligations and stuff with my life. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I love doing it. I, Excellent. it's so much fun to think of new ideas to show people and, you know, yeah. entertain people. And, and, um, uh, so yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I went back through some, you know, some old Instagram stuff, and I saw that you were you did oh, GT boy. GTA RP. Yeah, yeah. What I was used, that I did like? RP. Dude, RP is hard. I have a lot of respect for people that do RP. Yeah. Um, anyone that does GTA RP, uh, I I love it, but it's so for me. I'm either amazing or I'm not. It depends on who's with you. Yeah. Like it depends on your partner. Now, who, is it scripted or do you have a plan or is it all off the cuff? Um, for me, it was all off the cuff. Yeah. It was totally improvised. I love doing improv when I was acting and training. Like I took improv classes, so it feels very much like improv. Yeah. Where what can I do to make the scene even more fun? What can I do to add to the scene? And when you get other people like that, magic happens. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at some of the best RP streamers, that's what they do. And that's who they're surrounded by is people that literally just one up the next thing. And it's like, you're giving each other layups. Yeah. It's not ego. It's not selfish. It's not, you know, self inserting. It's not any of that. And it's just, it's a, like, and that's why I said kudos to people that do it. Cause it is very hard, especially when you're coming up Yeah, because there is a lot of self inserting. There is a lot of ego. There is a lot of like drama Yeah, and it's so, I love it. I think it's one of the best forms of streaming but it's so hard to find those people. And when you find them, it's magic. And yeah. it's like the most rewarding, amazing thing ever. You yeah. know what I mean? And then like, there's a lot of servers that have come up and then died, come up and died, you know? So I, I, I have a lot of respect for people that do RP. I still do it every now and then, but it's challenging, man. It's hard, uh, especially if you're trying to come up with things on your own. Yeah. And I mean, some people create scenarios, like they know what they're going to. And I think that's great. I think it's good to have a plan. Yeah. But then it, I think it's, you got to be okay with letting go of the plan and letting it take you somewhere else. If that's where it's going organically. Yeah. Right. But it's good to have at least a starting point of like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to rob yeah. this bank or we're going to do something and then just see where it takes you. You know? Yeah. I, th I, th I think I look the way I look at GTRP is almost like a TV show. You could have, yeah. if you have some really great impro improv actors, you could create some fantastic, you know, comedy or interactions or a show that, you know, every week somebody tunes in and there's there's your show from all different angles of who's what's going on. I just think that would be yep. such a cool thing if you had all that talent, you know, all buying in to doing yep. this thing. I've seen a lot of actors and voice actors that have just amazing to watch yeah. on RP. I had a lot of fun when I did uh, Wild RP, which mm -hmm. is like one of the bigger um, Red Dead oh, okay. RP servers. Had so much fun on that one. And um, I don't know if you know Duke of Flukes. No at all he's a big australian streamer he was on mixer and and um twitch yeah partnered with both but he's he's also an actor and voice actor and he was someone i'd always try to work with on there that just you know there was some people on there that were so funny yeah um i actually like taking the l you know like what like like some people i feel like that's the best i like i like being the team player like yeah. i don't need to be the hero of the scene i just want to make it really funny yeah you know so when you're around people like that, man, I've had some of the biggest laughs and the most funny moments. Awesome. For sure. All right. Would you ever go back and do more RP or that's sort of that ship yeah. has sailed? No, I would do it. I'm just full on variety right now. Yeah. Which is like, I, 
I would not be doing very well at all, um, at all on any platform. Kick is probably the only place where I can actually do okay, just because it's a little smaller. Yeah. Because variety is not a good business plan. <laughs> no. Um, I just I get tired of doing one thing, and I just love trying a bunch of things. Yeah. And, um. I just feel like it, it keeps things interesting. I know if I feel stale, then everyone feels stale, yeah. like in chat. So if I'm not enjoying like something or I'm like, we've done this a thousand times, like I just feel like my energy goes down and everyone with everyone else's. So yeah. I like trying new games. I definitely would still do RP. It's just a very challenging thing, like I said, with finding the right people to, yeah. that I would do it with. But um, totally up for it. Like, I, I think that's amazing content when you can do it like yeah. repeatable content you could like make a lot of youtube oh videos absolutely out of it, you yeah know? yeah I, you know i have a creators or uh, creators that have been on that are you know main gaming one game and then i've had others that are on variety i honestly think variety is the way to go if if you get your community behind you absolutely because you're not tied to that one game and like you were saying you know if you feel stale yep. on a certain game let's switch it up right yeah that's and that's that's literally what we do. I mean, we played Overwatch, Apex, Destiny yeah. 2. Um, we've been playing a lot of Phasmophobia now again, like we brought that Just back out. Boulder's Gate's been really fun because yeah. you get to role play a little bit with that, you know? Like and and also, yeah, I agree with you. Like it takes longer to grow as a streamer when you're doing variety, but they stay. Like yep. they stay with me. Like I know that no matter what I'm doing, they're there, they're not there for the game. Whereas right. You can grow really fast if you're doing really well with just one game. Mm -hmm. But if you all of a sudden change that, it's very scary. You don't know Absolutely. how that's going to look, you yep. know, and, and if, if your community will be OK with it. Yeah. So I, I'm, I do feel free from that, at least. But mm -hmm. that it is a snail pace of growth, usually. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, speaking of community, how would you describe the Stormbreaker community? Um, <laughs> uh, be nice because they're probably uh, listening right now. <laughs> they are. Um, <laughs> they are uh, all types. I try to make it to where there's only one rule with my channel, and that's just be respectful to one another. Yeah. Uh, people from all different, you know, like I said, like politics, religion, you know, genders, anything. Everybody's welcome in our channel, and everyone has a good time and laughs. And I, I'm very proud of the fact that we have a lot of different people in my channel that are very different from each other. Like, yeah. And it feels very cool. Like, I just feel like it's it's what I was raised to believe was, like, the American dream in a way, like the melting pot of everybody being yeah. able to – we all can love and be around each other. We may have differences, but we should just focus on the things that we share instead yeah. of – Instead of constantly like harping on trying to make everyone like us. Right. You know, and that's one thing I'm very proud of with my community. So I'd say diverse, but I'd also say like we they we all enjoy uh, childish, inappropriate behavior, nice. <laughs> you know, like uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there's just no shame in it. I love goofing off. I love that they accept me for being the goofy person that I am, because yeah. I think. People look at me and at first think I'm just like a jock or something like like that's at least how I felt in high school. And then when people get to know me, it's very weird, like because it's like not quite what you thought you were going to get, yeah. you know, and and I just love them for accepting me for that, you know, and yeah. and everybody seems to accept everybody pretty well. Nice. We keep it pretty fun. So have you ever have you ever looked at the analytics and you look like, oh, my God, I'm like David Hasselhoff. I'm huge in Germany. Uh. <laughs> No, I haven't. Um, but I do. I do have like I did get a pretty solid number of like people from other places. Like I definitely we have like one person from France, Marlena. And then we have 
uh, Liddy and Quinn from Norway. How cool. Um, and then we have like, like, you know, Cyborg and we have a lot of people from New Zealand and a lot of people from Australia, Canada. So we're very widespread. Like we have a lot of people from, uh, from all over the place for sure. Yeah, for sure. Isn't um, it amazing how you can just reach a global community you can have a global community from sitting in your house and just you know doing streaming yep. every day i just it blows me away it's, it's a beautiful thing and uh i'll tell you man like when i i don't know if you've gone to many like conventions like like but man it is it was one of the coolest experiences when i was on mixer when i went to like the first convention that i yep. went to it's really a crazy thing seeing like all these people actually in real life and when they come when when a lot of them show up and yep. uh from all over the world they fly in and you know and it's that was a cool experience i remember when duke because he's an he's an aussie yeah first time i saw him was at e3 and it was a mixer event we were doing and he showed up and we didn't even speak we just hugged immediately Aww. like we didn't even we didn't even trade words like yeah. immediately just hugged each other and it was like i don't know it's just this really strong sense of family that i have with a lot of our people like yeah. like we genuinely like it's like are invested in, yeah. in each other's well-being and, and the success of everybody, which I love. I don't like this whole like because I think there is a lot of streamers out there where and they and it's not like I'm not trying to knock it, but it is like a, a like they're on a podium. Yeah. And, you know, you're supposed to look up to them. And I don't do well with that, which yeah. maybe I'm never meant to be a big streamer because of that. I like hate that. I want us all to like, no, we're all equals here. We're all yeah. on the same page. You know, don't like. Think of me as something else. like you. You should always feel welcome and uh, able to come up to me and talk to me. Yeah. Like, and I mean, obviously they respect my privacy. It's not like we're saying like, please stalk me, right. and, you know, <laughs> DM me all the time. But no, but like, be comfortable enough to like, you know, I'm just another human being, just like you are, you know. And and that's, I think maybe that's just from my high school experiences yeah. that makes me be that way because I hated the whole high school experience, you all know, the clicks um, and whatnot that went yeah, there. Yeah. I want everyone to feel welcomed, and I want everyone to feel like you know they have a place yeah. and. It's cool that we get to do that here. It feels, well, feels something, rewarding. Something that's unique to, you know, I've talked about this with a bunch of people is like, you know, when you go to these cons, you know, you turn this way and there's the community, look, your community's looking at you. And then you turn that way. It's like, there's a peers that you're sort of like, oh, wow. And it's just, you, you sort of have both roles. Like, oh, I'm, you know, you know, hanging out with XYZ and here's my community yeah. looking, looking at me like this is such a, a neat feeling, I'm sure. Oh, dude. It's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I enjoy it. And it's it's really funny, too, when you collab with other streamers, too, because like I love being the viewer as well. Sometimes like I'll go in there and, you know, because yeah. like, I just want everyone to feel like it's this fluid thing where we're all like a good community. And I, I, I'm always happy to share my community, you know, like nice. There's some competitive streamers out there that are like, I only am collabing because I'm going to take your viewers, you know, like secretly. Yeah, and, like, I'm like, dude, they can go wherever they want, you know, like <laughs> right. I'll, I'll share whoever I can share if it helps a streamer grow and yeah. get to where they're trying to be. Like, that's totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so something I saw on your Twitch thing was something about the A-Star Collective. What was that? Oh, that was Astro. Oh, okay. So, which, which Astro and uh, Logitech, you know, like, they're I'm, – I'm not sure how much of Astro is left because oh, okay. it seems like Logitech is really kind of overseeing a lot more now. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm partnered with them still, but I'm partnered with Astro and uh, Logitech. So oh, okay. the, the A-Star it was like the team basically um it was a lot more uh involved before but not as much it feels like now gotcha but yeah i love astro headsets i mean they 
they're one of the brands that have stuck with me since the mixer thing. Like oh, they nice. signed me when I was on mixer. And yeah. like I said, I lost a lot of partnerships going to Twitch starting over. And, um, I, I feel very loyal to the brands that were like, no, we're staying with you. We're oh, sticking with you like while you're working your way back, you know? So well, it's good to hear that there's, there's yeah. brands out there that are like that. Yep. Nice. All right. So you, you sign off for the day, you know, you're not bartending. What, what do you like to do? Um, like if I like, so not streaming, like I'm just right. You're done for off. the day or yeah, you got a day off. You know, what do you, um, what are some of the I things? I spend a lot yeah, of time knitting? with my dog. No, no. <laughs> um, I need to get a hobby though. You're right. Like, I mean, I do painting, but when I'm doing that, I'm usually like, I'll stream it. You know, oh, okay, so it's yep. still, I'm like cheating my hobby, but um, <laughs> I think it is important to do stuff like away from like, you know, stream. So yeah. maybe painting, uh, I should do off stream sometime too. Uh, no, I don't knit though. That'd be funny. <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time with my, uh, with my dogs and my girlfriend, you know, yeah. like we like to try and go out and, um, like last week I, we, I, she got me out for a three day little trip to a cabin. Nice. We went to Kentucky. We went to Mammoth cave. Uh, we toured angels envy distillery. So we did like some cool stuff, like, yeah. which was really refreshing for me. It's like, I wanted to be streaming and everything, but it was like, this is really nice that we're getting out. Yeah. Um, so things like that, just trying to spend time with friends, spending time with her. And nice. um, we have two German shepherds that, would, you know, I, I love them so much. So we spend a lot of time with them. And uh, man, I mean, when I'm not bartending and not streaming, that's that's I don't have a lot of I don't spend a lot of time <laughs> other than those things. So like, yeah, that's that sums it up. Just All spending right. time with them, maybe take them to the park. Oh, and then working out. Yeah. Working out is probably the one hobby I don't stream or show anybody yeah. right now because I don't want to film in a public <laughs> right. gym you know like yeah i don't know how people do that i don't know oh, i just I, am too worried man about other people like i'm like i'm worried about their privacy you know yeah. so i <laughs> so i had uh stephasaurus stephasaurus flex on. yeah i love her and yeah she's a partner she also was, she was telling me that you know she likes to work out and she goes to a creator's gym i was like what so yeah so there's mm. gyms that you know encourage you to film yourself i was like oh my god i didn't even know that existed I don't know if we have that in Ohio, but that is that is awesome. I'll have to look into yeah. it. But yeah, Steph's amazing. Oh, yeah, she she's is. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's another partner. Yep. All right. Well, hey, you survived the podcast. But before yeah. I let you go, it's your, you know, I ask every guest at the end of the podcast to shout out somebody they think would have a good story to come on the pod. Who do you, in your circle, would you uh, recommend? I think uh, two really, really good people. Um, and I don't, I think you said you didn't know them, which made me excited because yeah. I'm like, I want to introduce you. All right. Is iGypsy and yep. BZB. All right. So uh, they're good. both, they're both part of the first, the first phase, the first class yep. partnership. And, uh, they're super, super, super awesome content creators. Um, they, they've, I've, I owe them a lot cause they've, they've really helped me along the way too. Like, you know, we encourage each other, but they have extremely interesting stories. They both have kids. They go through a lot more than I even have to. So yeah. it's like, I'm very humbled at how much they do. Yeah. And the fact that they have like their kids, they have all sorts of other things going on in their life. And I'm like, I'm humbled because <laughs> I keep thinking like my, my life's difficult. Like, Oh, being a streamer and taking care of myself and your dogs um, and my dogs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah. And so uh, I think both of them would be amazing to interview. Um, and I mean, BZ just, interviewed eddie yeah she's uh she's killing it on the main stage awesome. she had an amazing interview with uh 
with Polly, yeah, who's one of the big techs. Um, Andrew, the part, the head of partnerships and stuff. Oh wow! And Eddie, and uh, she was interviewing the three of them live and did an incredible job. So yeah, I think she'd be a easy right, easy well, person to interview. She's she knows how to handle herself excellent. and Gypsy too. All right, well let them know they're going to be coming on Tardux. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much to do, uh, doing this, and it was wonderful to meet you. Hey, it was great meeting you finally. All right. Awesome.